All right, we are live for the Friday edition of the Mike and Mario Show. It's been a week or so since we've had a chance to collaborate, but uh, as always, Mario, it's good to connect with you, and uh, what an interesting week to say the least, but before we dive into the details, how are you doing, my friend? I'm doing well, uh, Mike, and you? Uh, I'm doing good, man. Uh, just, you know, just very interesting times that we live in, and lots of weird things happening all at the same time while, you know, the markets are like right now, currently, I'm you know, looking at the U.S. equities, we're in the green but yet uh, jobs expectations overshot expectations, precious metals prices, you name it. But anyway, uh, I guess, how do you want to start this particular live stream? <laughs> what do you want to well, kick it off with, my friend? I, I guess we could talk about what happened in Japan today. Um, okay. Because I, I, I spoke about it this morning in my video, mm-hmm. and uh, there's a lot of speculation uh, was uh, the former Prime Minister Abe a good guy or a bad guy. Yeah. Some people are saying he was against the uh, World Economic Forum, but I- I'm not sure. Uh, one thing that I think is significant is that mm-hmm. he, he was the guy who implemented this policy that we adopted in March 2020 of yeah. massive QE and massive uh, fiscal stimulus. He adopted that in Japan uh, Mm -hmm. in April 2013 after he was elected in December 2012, and it was called Abenomics. So I just think it's symbolic that, and I don't know what the uh, gripe that the the guy who uh, shot him had with him. Mm -hmm. Uh, It's still early days, but uh, I I just think it's interesting. And and the other thing that happened a couple of days ago was the... uh, the Georgia Guidestones, right? Mm, right. Uh, that those stones that call for, a, uh, you know, that it's supposed to guide the world in good principles. But one one of the principles is to get the world population to five hundred million. And, mm-hmm. and someone tweeted out, it's interesting that July sixth was George W. Bush's birthday as well, his seventy mm. sixth birthday, and it happened on seven six as well. Uh, for people who like numerology and numbers, right. that sounds interesting. Who knows? Some people think, oh, we spoke about this before uh, we came on air. Uh, yeah. People talking about the good guys and bad guys. But uh, it, it doesn't, doesn't matter. Or I think in the end of the day, what happens to the currencies is what matters. And you need to be on the right side of it. Right. And that's why you have to keep stacking despite the fact that we're seeing uh, the paper prices of gold and silver get, uh, mm-hmm. tra- you know, trampled upon. But not just gold and silver, commodities are coming off as well. And I think that's part of the Fed trying to uh, moderate uh, what they call inflation or CPI. Right, right. Uh, man, I, okay, that was a mouthful right there, man. You cover a lot of subjects. You cover a lot of topics. And that's the thing where it's so confusing for me. Like, I, I talked about all these events throughout the week, but yet at this current moment, of course, we've always known nothing makes, makes sense. But it just seems like things are unraveling from all different fronts, from the political sphere. And, of course, we have Boris Johnson in your area, so I definitely want to touch on that. Yeah, that's another guy who's <laughs> bitten the dust. Right. So between this Abe situation, you know, like as you mentioned, you know, we can read into it or we can just take it for what it is. Unfortunately, it's another life lost. But then again, I think that's just one of many different shakeouts that we're going to experience all at the same time, trying to divert us. Like, you know, distractions and diversion tactics is, is what is at play now because it's a psychological psyop game right now. And they're trying our their best to keep us focused on all types of things and to, to create a narrative of their ability to maintain things. 
But I really believe there's such an uprising right now amongst the people, especially with the farmers, because, you know, I saw an article literally a, a couple minutes ago of the West trying to spin it, saying that fact checking that that video footage you're seeing is from 2019 over you know, it was something like that. I'm thinking like, huh? Like, so they're trying to create and maintain the narrative, but they're losing it. But anyway, um, but at the end of the day, this is all about the transition out of the old into the new. And of course, it's all based upon debt and the inability to sustain it. We're witnessing it unravel in real time. So um, give me your thoughts on Boris. Let's touch on Boris because uh, that definitely caught me by surprise because people are saying that, you know, maybe Biden's next. But uh, what are your thoughts on Boris out and who's going to replace him? What's what's you know, this, this is going to be a major distraction in the UK, I believe. Yeah, I, I mean, uh, someone just uh, put a message on our board that uh, Rishi Sunak, who was the chancellor of the Exchequer, mm-hmm. he's just put his name forward uh, for the leadership contest. Mm-hmm. And there's a few other ones uh, that are probably going to be running. Yeah. Um, Boris, uh, I, the public, uh, for public com- consumption, we're told, of course, that he's a liar. You know, he, mm-hmm. he, he, you know, he had those parties during lockdowns. Yeah. And uh, he also employed a, a, an MP that had abused someone like sexually and he didn't like uh, think it was a, a, a bad idea to, to make him a junior minister or something. And, uh, and we're told now that everyone's fed up, you know, his cabinet members and everyone resigned. Yeah. Um, but uh, yeah. And I think, uh, yeah, it, it, that's the thing. It's all for public consumption. We don't know what's going on behind the scenes. Mm-hmm. Uh, maybe he he also I saw a tweet someone saying that he said that we'd we'd never have lockdowns again. Mm-hmm. So they had to get rid of him. You know, the the people at the World Economic Forum, so that yeah. we could have someone that uh, would be willing to do a lockdown. So yeah, you got Rishi Sunak there in the middle. He's running. He's he's come out and said officially he's running. The guy on the far right uh, with the green tie, he's a guy called Ben Wallace. I think he's the he's the defense guy. Mm-hmm. Um, and someone that is in contact with me, who seems to know a few things, mm-hmm. thinks that guy is going to be the next prime minister. And I've really almost never heard of him. But you look at his background; he he's worked in the military. He's worked for a big um, military uh, technology company. You know, you, you... So, so he's involved in a system. Like, you know, that's the thing. Like, who are yeah. I don't know anything about UK like that, but whoever these people are here, to my my yeah, it, and it's in, not going to on it. You know, it's not going to change problem. anything. I think it's just a change of, uh, you know, they took. It's like let's say uh, it's a football team or a soccer team, mm-hmm. and. You've got David Beckham. He's the captain, number ten. He's mm-hmm. playing well, but then the you know the the manager says, "Oh, we're going to take him off the field. We're going to put someone else." But the team's still the same, right? So owners uh, are still the same. Yeah, <laughs> agenda still the same. They want to win. And uh, yeah. maybe maybe you could show the viewers that a screenshot I sent you about Bill Gates. Okay, let me put this on the screen here. Yeah, so this is uh, so it looks like Bill Gates is, as you mentioned, on his way to the UK or just let, just touched down oh, in the UK. That was a couple. Of, a friend of mine sent me this on a WhatsApp ago, yeah. uh, chat that we have, and uh, apparently, Bill, this is Bill Gates' jet, 
and it uh, arrived in the UK on the 6th of July at 2104. Um, and it, the, the guy who sent me said, is he come to the UK to pick the new prime minister? Who knows? He could have come to the UK to watch the Wimbledon final on Sunday. Uh, but right, right, okay. T- you know, take it. You know, take into that what you want. But you know, if, if there is a natural shakeout happening right now of you know more people being able to have their um, say so in how things are unraveling with the cabinet, you know, if a lot of the, Boris Johnson's cabinet's resigned intentionally, putting pressure on him, he didn't. He then left. Now we got more people coming in. Now they got to replace. So now they got to congregate and come up with how, what, where, when. If if it's, if it's a matter of that, or this could always be a just distraction, and they're literally taking us for another damn you know trip around the world. But anyway, uh, let's keep moving, man. Uh, let's get into what is also making headways, and that happens to be the farmer situation we touched on briefly. But there's more videos surfing surfacing on on tractors. We got Poland, we got Italy, we got Germany, and uh, looks like farmers are under a lot of pressure. Therefore, I'm seeing videos of empty store shelves because, you know, produce is not reaching the shelves. So, you know, this is definitely, uh, is this something that they can, they, meaning orchestrators of this whole experience, something they can continue to try to cover up or will they be forced to exit the building as far as their positions of power because of stuff like this? Will people rise up faster, you think, with this stuff spreading? Well, we had the truckers in Canada, didn't we? And, uh, uh, they kind of, they, yeah, they try to uh, uh, cover that up as much as possible. They weren't able to, but the mm-hmm. same guys are still empowered in Canada. Right. So, but uh, yeah, the Dutch farmers, uh, I think they are the, the minister who passed this new regulation about nitrogen um, emissions. Uh, his brother uh, owns like a, a chain of... Uh, this, these Broker stores, store? yeah, yeah, and that in which Bill Gates invested six hundred million dollars. So, it, I think, uh, like you said earlier, you know, they might want people to get really angry because mm-hmm. then they can they have an excuse to crack down on people. That's right. the other danger as well. People get angry. We saw these farmers; they're spraying manure at government buildings and. Uh, politicians' yeah. houses, but and and I've seen uh, clips of the the Dutch police. They're very violent and shooting at tractors and stuff. Right, and it seems it. to be spreading. Like the Italian, the little clip you showed there earlier, mm-hmm. that was in Italy. The farmers uh, getting uh, angry, and I think it's gonna get worse because uh, natural gas prices are gonna keep going up. Energy mm-hmm. prices are gonna keep going up, and once the Fed in my opinion, pivots, commodities are going to go back up. And like right. you, you were saying, maybe you want to talk about what you think we're going to see, a hyper stagflation. Yeah. Yeah. So now I, I was just commenting on, based upon the current trajectory of the overall global economy. And so we we tend to focus on certain sections. Like here, I focus on the U.S. heavily because that's where I'm based at. You, you pay attention on U.S., U.K., and Europe because you're well-versed in all those regions. And so this is a globally coordinated event, and the goal is to minimize access of real-world goods to into people's hands so they automatically use a supply bottleneck situation to limit uh, resources for us, what, which causes the price to go up on top of all the monetary issues we have. So what I was talking about was the interview you did with Rafi talking about the 
uh, currency situation and how there's there's not enough currency to, to best definitely meet debt obligations and things of that nature. And so there's going to be a correction in the overly inflated asset bubbles as the housing market, stock market, all those things start to you know trickle downward because they you know you need more currency to keep them things inflated. But then all along, when it comes to everything we need on a day to day basis, such as food, water, energy, and everything else, the, the 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 demand will be higher than ever, but yet the cost as well. Therefore, we're going to have asset prices going up on the things we need and all the and all the overly priced assets that are being as, as are viewed as net worth and assets for our, our portfolio portfolios rather going to be trending downward. So that's that you know hyperstagflation where it's going to accelerate mighty quickly in the days ahead, in my opinion. So, and then you said also that, you know, as a result of all that stuff intensifying, you see the Fed pivoting a lot sooner or possibly, you know, September-ish is the time frame. But then again, we got this up a meeting coming up soon where they're anticipated to also rate heights, whether, you know, half a point, quarter, you know, three quarters or what. Will they stick with that three quarters or will they will they dial it back or, or what? Because they're hiking. They, they know what they're doing. They're not fools. But what are they trying to accomplish with this? I guess the next meeting is the 24th, uh, 25th. And uh, I, I think also the uh, the preliminary. At Evernorth Health Services, we believe costs shouldn't get in the way of life-changing care. And we're doing everything in our power to make it possible. Behavioral health solutions that also keep your projections at their best? It's possible. Pharmacy benefits that benefit your bottom line? It's possible. Complex specialty care that cares about your ROI? It's possible because we're already doing it all while saving businesses billions that's wonder made possible learn more at evernorth.com slash wonder fenced uh second quarter gdp is coming out on the 28th and i think they'll probably know that number uh, and from now until the next fed meeting there will be more economic data mm-hmm. and if they're really weak they might do 50 but right mm-hmm. now i think they're on track like it says there too to do three quarters, but uh, I also think they could be what they could be doing because the way they look at it, and it's a Keynesian, uh, you know, mentality. They mm-hmm. they think that a strong, well, they call it a strong economy creates inflation, mm-hmm. but it's not a strong economy. It's a it's a credit bubble where people are borrowing too much and spending too much and not producing enough that creates inflation. Mm-hmm. So. Yeah, I think the economy is in a recession. And what I, I think they're trying to uh, rein in is not the economy. It, it's the credit bubble. And mm-hmm. that's going to hurt, you know, financial assets, like you said. But there's going to come a point where uh, if they don't uh, pivot, then the economy could become even worse. Uh, even though you have people like the, the press secretary in the White House. Yeah, she said recently that this is the best economy ever in history, <laughs> and uh, also Joe Biden today said that uh, they they've created more. There's more private sector jobs now in the U.S. than ever before, and than even under Trump. And uh, you kind of wonder, you know, he's the guy who actually plagiarized the speech from a, a, a British uh, politician called Neil Kinnock. Uh-huh. Can, you, can you trust what he tells us? Right, I've 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 seen some skits or some some memes of a lot of plagiarized speeches from the most recent politicians. It's like wow, like the scriptwriters <laughs> is throwing them under the bus because you know clearly people are gonna research that 
but then again, it gets swept under the rug. Here's that, um, 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 what you call it, the GDP now, a real GDP estimate for Q2. And you know, literally, once again, we're, you know, it's recessionary, you know, indicators right there. We're, we're negative. But then again, we have people saying, I still don't see recession just yet because, you know, the jobs numbers, you know, people are going back to work. And I'm like, I'm like, oh, but overall, though, like, you know, look beyond just those fake numbers that we're being given. Overall, you know, things have been trending downward for quite some time. And that's just within our own country. But then I was also want to point out the uh, uh, 30-year mortgage, uh, 30 more 30-year interest rates is 5.3. So my question for you is at this current rate, with this trending downward, you know, how, do you see this going much lower? And how does this reflect when it comes to the bond, overall bond market itself? Well, you know, the uh, the benchmark interest rate, 30-year rate, is the U.S. Treasury. Mm-hmm. And uh, the U.S., the, the 30 years actually going back up. So, mm-hmm. you know, you might uh, wake up on Monday and that that 30 year could be back up to five and a half. Mm. So it, it moves around, you know, with the market. Yeah. And uh, I'm just looking here. Um, the 30 year yield. Uh, it, it, it hit a bottom of three point one uh, mm. yesterday. And now it's already at 327. Mm-hmm. So it's up about 15 basis points. Yeah, that, that's going to keep hurting uh, uh, consumers, you know, yeah. the, the fact because a lot of people have, they have to pay, you know, service their mortgage. And if, if they were paying 3% at the beginning of the year, now they're having to pay five or six, mm-hmm. that's going to put a, a, a dent on their discretionary spending. And I also, uh, I think there is a survey, uh, the University of Michigan uh, mm-hmm. survey, consumer sentiment. They ask a question about housing. They, they think it's, um, you know, it's not a good time to buy a, a mm-hmm. house, the, 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 the consumer. Yeah. And we, we've had house prices go through the roof, not just in the U.S., but in the U.K. Right. And, uh, yeah, I think it's going to... Everything's going to slow down, but maybe they they want to uh, might pivot in October, September, just mm-hmm. before November, so that they can give the economy a little boost before the uh, the election. Yeah, we will see, man. It's going to be very interesting. But uh, let's keep moving along. Uh, let me get to. I got a lot more stories here. Let's talk about um, the trade. Well, I call it the, the trade weighted. Uh, dollar index because it's you know this the focal point in the benchmark for how i guess the the global economy prices everything but yet uh it's uh 107 as of right now and then of course the milkshake theory boris johnson a lot of people are you know giving them props saying that you know that whole melt up situation with the dixie is in play and it's still got a lot more room to go higher but then again at the end of the day when it comes to putting more purchasing power in our pocket or things that really matter on the ground it doesn't really mess with us uh, you know ultimately but what are your thoughts on this i know you covered it earlier but yeah I, i've covered this topic uh, many times over the years that yeah. dollar index uh is a measure against other crappy fiat currencies <laughs> and and the dollar is the the best of a you know a bad bunch mm-hmm. so this is actually not i think this is a bad sign mm-hmm. that the dollar is going up like this 
eventually the dollar is going to turn south as well. Yeah. Um, because these fiat currencies take turn. It mm-hmm. was uh, devised uh, in 1973 when mm-hmm. uh, the the Western world went on a floating exchange rate system. Because yeah. prior to that, under Bretton Woods, exchange rates were fixed. You know, just like weights mm-hmm. and measures. Because right. uh, and, and can you imagine changing the inch and uh, the yard <laughs> and, and the pound yeah. every every second? Though it would be crazy. And that's what we have with money. And that's why they needed the dollar index. That and that's why I don't really put much importance on the dollar index mm-hmm. because in 1980, uh, sorry, 1973, when it they started counting it, yeah. gold was under a hundred dollars, and it, and it started at a hundred. We're now at one hundred seven, yeah. but gold is like over seventeen hundred. So, is it re- is it really a, a safe place to be? The dollar. The other thing you're doing by holding Federal Reserve notes or the the, the fiat dollar is you're financing the uh, U.S. government. And I think a lot of people are unhappy with the U.S. government, just like I'm unhappy with the U.K. government. Mm-hmm. So why would I want to leave so many you know, uh, reserves of my savings with you know, financing these people? That's right. the, the other way I, I, I think about it, too. Right. That's a good point there. And so because it's, it is a, the measuring stick in reference to other currencies, the emerging market currencies is tumbling. And I was reading through this and it was saying the MSCI emerging market index dropped for a second day, indicating this year slide of 4.4 percent uh, heading for the, che- uh, the steepest annual drop since 2015. So you have all those nations around the world that uh, have the dollar denominated debt. And as the dollar continues to increase, it puts more strain on their ability to be able to replay and sustain their debt loads. Therefore, their economies crumble even faster. So a stronger dollar basically not, up the global contagion in a sense. I'm not, yeah, yeah, go ahead. No. I'm not too sure about that anymore because okay. countries like Brazil and India, China, the BRICS trying to move. Yeah. They, they could just uh, say, well, we're not going to pay our dollar debts. We'll just yeah. deal with Russia and China. Just yeah. like, you know, so does it really matter? And and the thing is, up until recently, the Brazilian currency was doing really well. Yeah. Uh, and I think the reason emerging market uh, currencies are down a bit is because commodities have gone down so much. Mm-hmm. So I think it's a temporary thing. Okay. And, and I think if anything, uh, uh, they're trying. They're going to keep trying to move away from the dollar because mm-hmm. the U.S. is using it as a, a weapon. Yeah. Now, okay, so here's another article headline I thought was worth mentioning. Global equity funds see a second weekly outflow on slowdown worries. And so out this outflow, where are they flowing into? Are, are these people flowing into cash, you know, for this fire sale that's coming? Or are they flowing into gold, I mean, metals rather, or mining space? What, what do you think a lot of these outflows heading to? Is it just being parked on the sideline and just for precautionary measures or what? What do you, what do you prob- think? Prob- probably... Uh- yeah, to pay bills and the <laughs> margin because a lot of people are leveraged; they have to get out, yeah. and probably cash as well because there there are there's very few uh, assets asset classes that are up on the year. So yeah, they they could be going into short term T bills, you know, treasuries yeah. and stuff. Maybe into physical gold because we're hearing that. The supply of physical, uh, you know, the the stock at Comex is actually. Mm-hmm being drained yeah so maybe people are buying physical while the bankers sell the paper 
Yeah. But uh, it's difficult to say where it's going. But it's it's been a bad start to the uh, to the year for all kinds of assets, and I don't think uh, young people or even o- older people in the markets are familiar with this environment where both uh, stocks and bonds are going down in value. Yeah. Uh, and speaking of which, uh, distressed markets or distressed assets, you know, I, I can't help but not talk. I can't help but talk about the whole digital asset space because that's under a lot of pressure. And I actually got an article here. Let me I'll share it uh, with you here. And I, I, I like to talk about how, you know, there's, you know, so much that's not being discussed in reference to like, the counterparties dealing with uh, you know, Bitcoin in particular or, or just proof of work. So I got an article here talking about uh, how the Bitcoin miners are under extreme. Let me get this article if I can find it. Give me one second. But how the Bitcoin miners are overly saturated with debt to where they're having to dump a lot of their coins because they can no longer sustain themselves. I guess they followed, uh, what's his name, Uh, Michael Saylor's advice. They they mortgaged themselves up to the hilt to buy Bitcoin. (laughs) And uh, now that it's gone down, they they've got problems. I mean, that's uh, that's uh, that's why leverage is such a dangerous thing. It, it it's nice when it's going your way, but when it turns, it can turn it can turn very violently the other way. So I'm trying to find. I got the article here, but I want to make sure it opens up. But anyway, so it says that Bitcoin miners are four billion dollars. So almost $4 billion in Bitcoin mining loans are coming under stress. And so the concern is that a lot of miners have decided to unload some of their mm. savings, which are, you know, which is predominantly in Bitcoin, putting more stress on the market. Yeah. And it's it really exposing how interconnected the crypto market is in reference to all the, the, the financialization of products they've created. Yeah. And so you got Voyager filed for bankruptcy. You got 3AC filed for bankruptcy. You got... You know, BlockFi being bought or being given loans by so you got all these big conglomerates now that are under heavy pressure due to the you know just confusion and all that digital product product, product stuff and it, it resembles to me the the banking sector for the legacy system like there's so much stuff behind the scenes it's complicated we know nothing about but it's all interconnected and when one domino falls they all are falling right now and that's just in digital assets dealing with Bitcoin and cryptos wait till it happens in the banking sector in the same format because nobody knows what's going on behind the scenes. And I really think it's unraveling right now. We just haven't surfaced just yet, but you know, it's, it's coming. I think the other thing as well, you showed that article. uh, Why have they been, you know, boring so much to get these uh, projects started? And Mm -hmm. uh, the reason I guess they're coming under stress now is because the fed started raising rates and they're Mm -hmm. making money more uh, credit, uh, more expensive. Mm-hmm. So that's affecting even um, the crypto space, the di- digital space. Right. And uh, it defeats, uh, that, that's the problem. Um, cryptos, uh, digital currencies are supposed to be uh, outside the system, but they're actually, right. I think Wall Street has also infiltrated the crypto space. So they've probably, uh, people like Goldman and others have pushed these, projects to borrow money from them and now right. they're pulling the plug on, on the finance because mm-hmm. rates are rising and, and then it, it's creating a vicious uh, circle right. and uh, of liquidation and more liquidation 
for for margin uh, margin calls because you said that that the miners borrowed four billion to mm-hmm. mine Bitcoin, right? And, and just the, the the cost to sustain the rig rigging operations, like you know, you have to have miners that expire every year or two because of just more need for power and the ca- you know calculations become more complicated to solve those problems, and so it's a never ending energy drain. And so people try to sell us saying it's the most efficient use of energy in humankind because. You know, it's, uh, it's unmutable calculators, you know, in the math. I'm like, dude, get out of here. The moment those rigs start cutting off, hash rate eventually will drop. And that's another biggest issue is that because the price is at 20000 some of those mining companies are not profitable because their energy costs is still high as heck. But then again, they're well, not- yeah, and energy prices have gone up as well. <laughs> Don't forget that they've got like in Europe, natural gas prices have mm-hmm. gone up more than 10 times in the last two and a half years. Yeah. And uh, let's uh, let's uh, let me acknowledge this here, uh, Chris. Appreciate you, man. Says if the Fed pivots and drops rates to zero, will interest rates fall back again for a thirty year? Will this uh, continue to keep the housing market strong? Thanks. Mm. Uh, if the Fed pivots and drops rates to zero, uh, I, I I think it will mm-hmm. drop the um, the yields on the thirty year, mm-hmm. but. Not too much. I think the curve will stay very steep. Mm-hmm. Uh, it depends how far they can drive. They could drive CPI from around nine, where it is now, down to uh, four or five, and yeah. people might be happy with a two, a two percent, two and a half percent, thirty year. Mm-hmm. Right now, it's about three point two. So yeah, it, that that could happen. Uh, I, I'm not too sure though that housing will do well because mm-hmm. I, I think. Uh, basic necessities are still going to be very expensive and we're going to still have a lot of inflation. Right. And I said, yeah. And and I, and so like if the rates drop to zero, it's like, you know, we're not far from there now. So I don't really see that being much of a difference maker in providing confidence for people. And also the, the other intangibles that, you know, we're not talking about in reference to people having disposable income to be able to take on more debt. And on top of that, with the banks, and the whole reverse repo situation, all that slush funds back there, you know, are, are the banks, you know, still uh, lending as much as they were prior to, you know, so like, mm-hmm. will that come back? Because I don't think a lot of people are already, already tapped out. So who's going to really be out there looking to borrow in that way to where it would impact the entire housing market? So, uh, but yet going to zero is like, we're not too far from zero right now, technically well, speaking. Well, I think uh, the uh, Fed funds is like um, one, and three qu- one and three quarters to right. two. Right. So uh, I think the uh, only way the 30 year will come come down if we go back to zero in the Fed funds is if they manage to get the CPI back down to like four or five. Mm-hmm. Then, you know, the markets are probably going to say, oh, they've killed inflation. So, you know, they're going to start buying the bonds. But I think that will be a bad. Well, that will be a good trade from where we are right now. But eventually, I think yields are going to go a lot higher. Mm hmm. Interesting. All right. Families have a lot going on. Let Ollie help manage the mental load with new cognitive health supplements for everyone four and up, like delicious Lolly Focus Pops or Lolly Mellow Pops for kids. And for parents, try three new Brainy Chews to help you focus, chill out, or get energized. Find these cognitive health buddies for the whole fam at Ollie.com. That's O L L Y.com. These statements have not been evaluated by the Food and Drug Administration. This product is not intended to diagnose, treat, cure, or prevent any disease. So let's uh let's get to some questions. Let's uh let's uh feel free to throw out some questions 
and uh, we'll share our two cents on it. Just highlight everything in the dollar to stand out. We'll jump on it and uh, keep it moving. It says, uh, let me see here. It, let me know if you see anything, Mario, out there. Oh, yeah. Uh, we've got Dwayne Clark. He thinks that the 30-year yield will go through the roof, and he mm-hmm. could be right because even though they, they, you know, if they drove Fed funds to zero, uh, you could have the bond market finally say, well, this is enough. They'll never be able to mm-hmm. uh, stop printing and this debt will never be able to be paid off, which they can't really. And they'll mm-hmm. finally realize that uh, holding a 10 year or a 30 year is a bad proposition. Mm-hmm. And uh, it could backfire. As I said, you could have a steep yield curve where you got zero percent rate here mm-hmm. for uh, overnight and then four or five percent for 30 years. And then mm-hmm. the Fed would have a big problem there as well. I think, um, yeah, it, it's all very, they, they've uh, manipulated everything so much. Uh, prices are all screwed up yeah. that uh, it's really difficult to say even what will happen if they do that. Yeah, very good point there. And uh, let me see here. I just, uh, there's a ahead. question here, I think. Uh, where are we at? Where is uh, it? Question it says board Barat Johnson uh, seeks asylum in Ukraine. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Oh, uh, Vince Grant, when does the dollar get turned off? Well, instead, in well, let, I'll let you cover that. Yeah, no, no. So, no, so, I, so this goes back to your point earlier, and when I was referring to the emerging markets and how those currencies are failing right now, and you threw out the idea that you know. Brazil, Russia, India, and China, all those nations that have, they have an alternative, you know, already set up. They just haven't fully announced it, I believe. So they already already have something to address, you know, the dollar dollar's concern as far as it being, having been weaponized on the entire world throughout the last umpteen years. But I think it'll be in phases. Like they, they can't afford to just like literally hit that switch and say, you know, from this moment on, no more dollars accepted for anything in reference to energy, da, 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 whatever. We only take our currencies or nothing else. Then right there, mm. that would be the dollar being turned off because yeah. all the real resources come from the BRICS nations and their, yeah. their, their partners. Yeah. The other thing as well, why why do you have to borrow in dollars uh, these days? You could borrow in uh, rubles or in <laughs> yuan and, and you could uh, start projects over there. Right. Uh, um, America doesn't really manufacture anything anymore. Right. So why why do you have to borrow in dollars? So correct. Yeah. So, so the the use of dollars at this current moment is only if 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 those nations that took out large amounts of debt want to maintain their debts and want to stay in a swift system where they're they'll have access to the to, to the banking structure and things of that nature dominated dominated from the western side, then they'll play along with it. But the moment they have alternatives such as a you know an alternative to the swift system as well as an alternative currency to use with that. Then they can say to hell with the U.S. You know, we'll kiss, kiss your debt goodbye, mm. and then you know we'll, we'll deal with that anyway. But so yeah, I think it'll be in phases anyway. So, but we all know that at this current moment, it's not a part of the future that the BRICS have in play, as far right. as dollar being a focal point of what they're doing. So that gives us that we have more than enough warnings already in, in play right now. Uh, Beverly, yeah, yeah. yeah there's uh, what is uh, what is the way forward uh, for Japan, Sri Lanka, UK, Pakistan, Lebanon, Europe, and the U.S. What is the way forward? Ah, in, in what reference? What way forward? Monetarily speaking, geopolitically speaking, because um, that's because you threw the U.S. in there and Europe in there. If it was just 
Sri Lanka and Pakistan, <laughs> Lebanon. That's a whole they got a whole nother can of worms to deal with then. Well, I, I think maybe she's uh referencing uh the uh hyperinflation and and uh the protests uh in Sri Lanka and the hyperinflation in Lebanon. Um I, I mean the way forward is is very difficult and tough. It's like to rein in your uh spending, mm-hmm. cut the size of government, uh go you know, go to a more uh, balanced economy where uh, where there's less credit and spending, but more sound money and uh, investment and production. I, I think that's the only way forward. A- mm-hmm. Any other uh, gimmicky uh, projects like Boris Johnson used to have, <laughs> he kept changing week to week. He said, oh, we're going to become global Britain or we're going to become uh, a high wage economy. Uh, mm-hmm. And he kept changing. You know, he didn't have a uh, unfortunately, uh, the general public wants something now, but unfortunately, we need uh, to sort things out for the long term. Mm-hmm. And politicians, they they don't think long term because they're thinking of the next election in two right. or four years. <laughs> right. They have very short term thinking because they literally want to just do their job. So hopefully get renominated again. Uh, here is something that says thoughts on the Chinese companies no longer allowed to pay employees in tether. And so other than just I saw that, but didn't look into it. But uh, I haven't really focused much on what's happening within China, knowing that they're having issues. And when it comes to Tether, you know, being being utilized as a payment utensil, uh, I wonder what brought about this, because assuming more people wanted to have access to dollars rather than the yuan. So this is probably why they did that. But any, any thoughts on just this title alone, Mario? Well, maybe the Chinese uh, know. Uh, the truth about Tether, that it's a Ponzi scheme. Mm-hmm. Okay, that could definitely be an option. <laughs> <laughs> Employers need to use USDT. So yeah, that's uh, something I- I'll dive into further. Ah, man. It's just more It's more stories out here than anybody got time to look at. Uh, what else we got here? Uh, invest in rubles. I mean, gold. <laughs> uh, what else we got? Feel free to throw out thoughts. Well, I, I think also... Uh... If you want to have exposure to Barubo, mm-hmm. you can do it through buying uh, anything related to crude oil. Because we've seen recently mm-hmm. with the drop in crude oil that the, the ruble has actually gone down a little bit. So mm-hmm. <laughs> that's just uh, an opinion. It's not, an, it's not financial advice. Right. Uh, let me see here. Uh, let me see. Not many uh, questions. Here's one. What does it says? When will inflation cause the real money to lose value in such a way that QT happens by default? And cause liquidation issue. Well, inflation uh, is inflation is the increase of currency and credit. Is mm-hmm. you know, and it di- it dilutes all the other currency that ha- are in existence, mm-hmm. and that's happening already. That's why right. prices are rising. Offer it's already happening, and it's going to keep happening for uh, I think quite a few years to come. Yeah. And definitely with the quantitative tightening experiment underway now, that's why we're witnessing so much uh, downward trajectory of markets because we need continuous currency to keep those things yeah. up. So if they don't pivot the way everybody anticipates they do, then then what? You know, it's just and more. The bad other news. thing as well, when you raise rates, when you're doing quantitative tightening, because that's what quantitative tightening is: you're selling bonds, yields mm-hmm. go up, mortgage rates go up. It 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 raises all the the factors that go into calculating the cost of living. So mm. uh, it, it makes the cost of living 
even worse instead of bringing down. And that's why you said earlier that we're going to have hyperstagflation mm -hmm. or hyperstagdeflation. <laughs> I forgot the term where everything that you need to survive on uh, goes up in value, but mm -hmm. the things that you don't need, like luxury goods or um, iPhones, yeah, <laughs> yeah, that's All gonna that get down. Stuff. Yeah, they're gonna make because it's gonna be hard. People are not gonna be consuming as much, especially living in a land of, of, of abundance where we have access to everything in real time mm. by just simply financing it. So here, here's something I did not know. I just looked it up real quick. Said, so did you know that Boris Johnson's dad worked at the World Bank? Yeah, so Boris Johnson was. Yeah, his dad was uh, worked at a lot of uh, international institutions, and I think uh, Boris Johnson was born in New York because mm -hmm. uh, his dad was working there at the time. Yeah. So it says here, former employee of the World Bank and the European Commission. So uh, they keep it in the family. Mm. <laughs> they keep criminality in the family. <laughs> uh, man, all those guys know what's really going on. Uh, what else we got here? Did you let me see here? Um, inflation run up. So let's, uh, is it possible to, uh, is it, is it possible post-economic collapse that the new system could be ordered around CERN, quantum technology infrastructure, already global uh, government uh, efforts involved? Ah, uh, I don't know much about CERN. So I, I, you know, I've, and I've, the quantum technology infrastructure is going yeah. way above my uh, pay grade, I think, there. So just my two cents on that question on the surface, knowing that CERN has to do with that dark matter. They just discovered three elements of dark matter just this past week by cutting that device on. And knowing that quantum computer and AI, robotics, artificial intelligence, all that is a part of the future they want to create for us. Uh, I think that whatever the final outcome of all the stuff we're talking about, what it looks like, is it will be very computer centric. Robotics and automation will be the prevailing technologies used, humanity will be of no use, as they've already told us, and the population as a result will be subject to the dictators that run the computers and can write the computer code. That's what I think will happen at the end There's of the day. There's an interesting uh, comment from Michael Kennedy, if you want to bring that up. Michael Kennedy, Michael Kennedy, where are we at? Uh, uh, Michael Kennedy, I see. So, okay, yeah. Uh, Putin has information on Boris regarding KGB spy, who is uh, now a lord, and that's why he's going. Um, it could be true. Who knows? Yeah. I also saw something earlier saying that uh, Russia or Putin or something in reference to Russia uh, about releasing the 9-11 video footage or something like that. Show, show things in real time how it really went down because they because definitely I'm sure they have that. So if that if that was to come out, that'd be a definite shakeup. Mm. That's what we can probably expect some type of an event to occur to distract us. Uh, why does everyone accept accept the Fed to pivot? Expect, I think he means. Yeah, huh? yeah. Uh, that's what that we're. I, that's what I think we're going to find out because it seems conventional. It just seems practical that they want to well, save things. Yeah, because we are in a credit-based system, mm -hmm. a fiat currency-based system that always needs more and more debt mm -hmm. uh, to keep going. And if you allow the debt to collapse, uh, then the whole economy will, and the stock market could go to zero technically mm -hmm. and and then um yeah and historically they've always uh if they want to stay in charge they'll have to pump pump the presses you know start the printing presses again that's why people expect them to pivot 
Yeah. Uh, some people maybe, you know, Mike, you think sometimes that they could let everything collapse. And then even if they did, there would be a lot of bankruptcy. So anyone who's got any debt, mm -hmm. uh, any kind of mortgage, they would be, well, they would be uh, in deep trouble. And that's why I think it's always important never to be a, a borrower and a lender as much as possible. Yeah. Because lenders um, are going to lose out as well because they are on the other side of the debt. Very true. And, you know, what, what came to mind is just talking about the 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 derivatives and all that other stuff. So I, I'm going to put up the extra pyramid. And so just like this pyramid here, this is the this is the illusion that they've been able to pull over on the world for so long and distracting us from having real tangible wealth that was actually property, like having gold, silver coins in your hands was yours that yeah. you would take to get, you know, minted or coined. But then again, that was uh, that was a much different system. Now we're heading towards computerization and derivatives. I'm wondering, like, you know, with two trillion or whatever, two quadrillion or whatever it is. How do they unwind? How does that unwind? Because that's all denominated in dollar terms. What are you going to do with that? Like, how do they transition that into this digital future? Will this be a part of the tokenization of real world assets and or what? So this is a confusion that I'm like, man, it's going to be interesting to see how this plays out. But we know that as as Dwayne mentioned, you know, they want us to own nothing and be happy with it. So that's what everything they're trying to execute is working towards. However, that plays out. Mm. Um, all right. So we are about 40 minutes or so. As always, let's get ready to dial down. I don't see many, a lot of questions, a lot of good thoughts out there, though. Um. So, Mario, if you don't see nothing out there question-wise, we can just get ready to dial back and get ready yeah. for another exciting weekend. <laughs> yeah. Um, but uh, anyway, so as always, for those tuned in, appreciate you for hanging out with us. Uh, next week, I'm sure it's going to be a lot of fireworks as well. So definitely going to be lots of stuff to talk about. Uh, anything coming up on this weekend or next week, Mario, that you keep an eye on that we shall pay attention to and sign us off with some good news if you got some. Good news? <laughs> uh, yeah, I mean... I think people are waking up a, a lot more to what's mm -hmm. going on in the world. So that's good news. And uh, there seems to be a lot of things happening, Yeah, uh, you know, like in Japan. And I'm not saying that's a good thing, what happened there. But also, uh, you, you know, in, in Europe, people seem to be waking up, the farmers. But uh, I'm, I'm sure uh, the powers that be are going to keep trying to bring in new crises to mm -hmm. try to scare people but the the good thing is that i think they're losing uh credibility yeah and that's what it's all about right. and when people uh, lose credibility like boris johnson did and how uh joe biden you know he doesn't have any credibility with a big chunk of uh the, the population yeah. uh then you know people will lose uh faith and confidence in the currency that they manage and the same thing goes for the fed and the central banks they're losing credibility they're trying desperately to, to like uh, say, oh, we're fighting uh, inflation now, like Volcker, but they'll never be able to do it like Volcker, because Volcker uh, wasn't facing uh, debt to GDP of 130 percent. It was a uh, 30 percent of debt to GDP. So that's the positive that I see out mm -hmm. there. People waking up. Yeah, I agree, and I think you know, I just thought about this. So, so we have the G7 nations that met. So we got one down. We got a lot more to go. And right now, I think the Italian protests, I'm seeing people talking about Draghi. He has to go. Oh, yeah, that so, too, yeah. So, like, you know, if we can knock these guys out one by one, just get them out of power. And unfortunately, 
they're going to have their predecessors ready to roll right up in there. But if we can get some fresh blood up in there, some people who really, you know, think like we think actually worked in the real world and actually actually done something productive for humanity other than just, you know, being passed wow. out through bloodlines and, you know, lifelong politicians of corruption, if we can get some new people in there, then there's hope. But other than that, one down and a couple more to go. So, so far, mm. I think so far, so good. <laughs> okay. <laughs> But anyway, people, uh, as always, enjoy your weekend. Be blessed. Be safe. And uh, back at it next week, same time, same place. See you guys later. Peace.